Good evening and welcome to the ceremonial or first podcast of the 2017 season for both the NCAA and the NFL. I am DJ Boyer, senior writer here at DraftSite.com. I believe I'm the only one on the call right now. We may get joined a little bit later by Zach Gutierrez. We're going to have some other people who will join us throughout the season. Excuse me, as always, on our podcast. Last night, of course, started the NFL season with a very intriguing matchup. Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots. And if you were like most of the probably people on the East Coast, you went to bed halftime thinking, ah, oh, New England's got this well in hand. Chance are off to another 1-0 start. I mean, we heard we heard cries of this team's going to be undefeated. A little ridiculous, by the way. Fourth quarter, they get destroyed. Chiefs come out with a huge win. Not only a huge win, but a great performance for a rookie, uh, Kareem Hunt. 42-27. Final score, Kareem Hunt with 148 yards on the ground, 95 through the air, three touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns, one uh, on the ground. All this after he got an eight-yard gain on his first carry and then fumbled the ball, something he did not do his entire college career, and he fumbles in his very first carry as a pro. Was taking over for the uh, in- injured Spencer Ware. He was anointed the starter about two weeks prior to the season beginning. But boy, did he respond. Huge 78-yard touchdown reception. Boy, was it quiet in Gillette Stadium. Don't worry. New England's going to be fine. This happened a couple years ago. Started the season 2-2. Two and two. Big loss to Buffalo. The cries, oh, Tom Brady's too old. Team's going downhill. What happened? They're back. They win Super Bowls. Look at the Super Bowl last year. The amazing comeback. Down, what was it, 28 points? Come back and win. Now all of a sudden the cries are, oh, this team's going to go undefeated. They're loaded. They're reloaded. More options on the offense to, to trade for Brandon Cooks. Faster on the defensive side of the football. This team's going undefeated. That was ridiculous. This team's still going to win the AFCs, people. Don't worry about it. But I'm so, so glad they at least dropped a game so we don't have to hear this ridiculous 17-0, uh, 16-0 talk to open a season. So we'll get to the rest of the NFL slate. We'll get to uh, college football, of course. Two weeks are actually in the books. Uh, we had, two weeks ago, we had a, a couple teams play. It was about eight or nine games. A couple of ranked teams in action. Last weekend was, quote, opening weekend. So uh, every team within the top 40, the Fierce 40, were in action. So we'll cover we'll cover that as well as well as uh, mock draft. Yeah, the mock draft is out. Not only is the mock draft out, oh, it's seven rounds. It has a round for compensatory picks. Find me another site anywhere on the web that has a seven-round mock draft with compensatory picks before the season even begins. Think that's a little bit cray cray? Not us. We're the only ones that give you that type of coverage, so you'll know throughout the year who's actually watching these games and who's actually uh, making the correct analysis. And you know, people are probably going to be looking at our picks and getting their own up there. We there's plenty of sites there. Those warriors that 
claim to be experts in the NFL draft and get their stuff up about, about a month before the draft. Not us, 365, baby. And we'll take a look at that uh, initial mock draft as well. Let's dive in. But first, before we get to the schedule, we've got some breaking news tonight. Not only you know, are we, we doing the initial podcast, we've got breaking news. This happened within the last few hours. Ezekiel Elliott has won his injunction, his, his stay against uh, the NFL for his six-game suspension for domestic violence. NFLPA has ruled that he did not, quote, have access to a fair and just trial. Uh, Elliott could still be suspended, uh, suspended at a later date, but now with this so close to the season, I'm thinking the odds of him playing the entire 2017 campaign are very, very good. All you people out there were drafting Darren, Mc, Darren McFadden in your fantasy of uh, football draft. Sorry, uh, don't think he's going to be as uh, as needed unless something unfortunate happens to Elliott or some injury of some sort. Looks like Elliott is it's still going to be one of the top backs for you in fantasy land and, you know, a perennial contender more than likely for the MVP. Coming back to the Dallas Cowboys, who, of course, won the the AFC, sorry, I'll get this right, NFC East last year. Figured to be in a tough battle with the New York Giants. And the Redskins and Eagles are both competitive. You don't think there's a lot of stars in this division, but there's really not any Really not any doormats either. One of the, one of the years where eight and eight lands in last place. This looks pretty good. Let's look at the rest of the slate, shall we, for opening week? Again, we've already had uh, New England and Kansas City. Staying in the SEC East, we've got the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Jets look like a complete train wreck. Calling it now. Next time uh, you hear the Jets and there's any significance tied to what they're doing, it's going to be with the announcement. And with the first pick in the 2018 NFL draft, that's the next time you hear the Jets. Could be the biggest train wreck in the NFL this year. Buffalo wins this one going away. As a matter of fact, this is one of the two games I have in the Survivor League. Uh, you got to pick a team. and only use them once during the year. Two teams per week. 16 weeks, got to use uh, all 32 teams. Of course, there's 17. But, uh, yeah, I jumped right on the New York bandwagon. Bandwagon that uh, has a faulty wheel and is going to break down by the side of the road. Buffalo trains them. Another 1 o'clock game, the Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears. Chicago, of course, a lot of changes going on there. Atlanta, see how they come back after that Super Bowl meltdown. Should have NFL champs attached to their name. I think Atlanta wins this one, but Chicago hangs a little bit tough. Got to watch Jordan Howard there, one of the more underrated, promising, and future stars of the NFL, the running back for the Bears. Baltimore Ravens and Cincinnati Bengals. It doesn't matter if these teams are 12 and 4 or 4 and 12. Uh, it's always a smash mouth football game, one that usually comes down to the fourth quarter, low scoring. I'm going to give the advantage to the Bengals here just because they're, they're the home team here week one. I think there's significant question marks on both sides of the football for both teams. How healthy is Phil Flacco going to be? Baltimore, he's got some depth issues, especially in the secondary. Like Cincinnati here, 
Do I like them for the year? Not really. Speaking of the AFC North, the other two teams are also playing each other. Pittsburgh Steelers against the team that is normally associated with the topic in the draft, the Cleveland Browns. Steelers win this one, but this might be a little closer than what people realize. I don't think uh, Cleveland gets trucked here. I think they play kind of inspired some inspired football. I'll keep it close at least for maybe three quarters, two and a half. Pittsburgh wins comfortably, but not a blowout. Arizona at Detroit. Interesting game. You now have Matthew Stafford quarterbacking the Detroit Lions. The newly anointed highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I like Arizona here. This is where I'm going to go with the home, the, uh, the road team. This one could be fun. This one has overtime, the last possession written all over it. Something tells me it goes, go over those cards. Of course, I was all over the card bandwagon, and they they let me down last year. We'll see if they can recover. Open 2017. Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. Houston. They are playing in Houston. Of course, we know the devastation. Harvey, everything that it was has gone. The, the impassionate pleas and, and campaign that has been uh, wedged by J.J. Watt, defensive end, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I think Houston uses that emotion. They win. As a matter of fact, this is the second of the two games I told you about that I use in my survivor pool. I'm going with the Texans. This is a sure bet for this week. Jacksonville, and of course, much maligned at quarterback, Blake Bortles, Chad Henney. I don't like Leonard Fournette. I think Jacksonville, they've, they've got to be up at some point. Say they're going in the right direction. Well, this team's been spinning its wheels for five, six years. They eventually have to go up. Nothing else you could do. Of course, they uh, they did get a little bit of bad news today. D.D. Westbrook out for about seven, eight weeks. Rookie wide receiver out of Oklahoma. So, a little bleak there for, for Jacksonville. Oakland and Tennessee. Boy, talk about two teams that are really on the upswing. Oakland, a possible a, a pick that a lot of people have been making uh, as a you know Super Bowl contender. Tennessee on the way up, and I, I agree. I think Tennessee wins this game. Tennessee wins this game. To me, Oakland still does not have the defense to be a Super Bowl caliber team. Not at this point. They got to prove it to me. They've made some strides. A little bit deeper. Better at that linebacking position. They have some help around Khalil Mack. But Oakland, you got to show me. you got to show me you're an NFL championship caliber defense. Right now, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Boy, they've got to win right now to keep pace with Kansas City. Kansas City with that big win over the, the Patriots. They've thrown down the gauntlet. Right now, the Patriots' worst team in the league. Wow. Last one o'clock game, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins. NFC East is going to be battling because the night game, Sunday is going to be the Giants and Cowboys. Uh, Washington swept the series last year, so because of that, I will go with the Redskins, but I think, again, this is going to be a close one. It's going to be a high, kind of a high-scoring game. I think maybe some big plays on the Washington side of the football, and I, I think Carson Wentz is, is primed for a big year. Still not sold on that running game, though. Look, Eric Blunt, not as excited as a lot of the Eagle fans. Again, and as a matter of fact, I, I was kind of expecting Blunt to possibly be a casualty or someone that was cut. 
all right, as final final rosters were announced. Still not a fan of that running game. I think if they don't get that going, going to put a little too much pressure on that passing game. Could be some three and outs. They've got a very good defense. But that offense has got some, some sustain. Boy, it's not easy to say. Sustain some drives. Keep that defense off the field. Keep them fresh. This could go either way. Um, but I'm calling uh, Washington in a very close one. Indianapolis at the L.A. Rams. Biggest news here, Aaron Donald, who really could be taking over the crown from J.J. Watt as the NFL's best defensive player. Maybe not the best defensive player. Maybe the best player. Not a lot of people really have watched Aaron Donald enough. Well, give, give that guy a look. He is just phenomenal. He's still a holdout. Indianapolis going without Andrew Luck. But with Jared Goff, I think Indy finds a way to get this get this done. But I think this game is going to be U-G-L-Y ugly. Do not watch it unless you're a fan of the Colts or Rams, or you absolutely have to. Uh, I don't think the entertainment value will be very high in this one. Seattle at Green Bay. Ooh, to the contrary, this one is going to be nice. Something tells me Eddie Lacy gets a late touchdown, haunts his former team. I'm bucking the trend here. I'm going with a, I'm going with the Hawks on the road, and it's going to be Eddie Lacy throwing some throwing some shade to his former team and getting it done. Carolina Panthers at the San Francisco 49ers. Now it's going to be a little better. They're going to need a little. They're going to need a little time. They're still the doormat of the West. Maybe not. They could be better than the Rams. I think this game's a little bit competitive. I think Carolina wins. But I don't think they're blowing anybody out here. I think people are going to, they look at that 2-14 and 14 record from a year ago, and they're like, oh, Carolina, no. whitewash. I don't see it. I think Carolina wins this game by about 10 points. It's got about 30 to 20 written all over it. But uh, a little bit of a homecoming for Christian McCaffrey, of course, uh, playing at Stanford, California guy. I think he's going to show well in that first game. Maybe not standout star stats, but he's going to give us enough glimpses. Uh, maybe a little bit of return work. Uh, catching the football out of the backfield, blocking, running the ball. He's going to give us enough and show that he's so good in so many different facets of the game that we're going to see a star in the making. We're going to see the glimpses and go, yeah, he's the real deal. We see why Carolina and so many teams are all over him and wanted him as their first-round pick. Leads us to the night game, the aforementioned New York Giants-Dallas Cowboys. I believe this sets the tone early for supremacy in the NFC East. I like the Giants on the season. I do. But I like Dallas in this game. I think getting Ezekiel Elliott back, that threat of suspension, not nearly as bad as what it once was. He's going to play in this game anyway, just due to the fact that the NFL has dragged their feet on this whole issue. It's taken over a year, which is ridiculous. I think really for that reason, um, Dak Prescott's still going to have a good year. He might regress a little bit. But it'll be enough to get it done. I think Dallas wins a close one here. But I, I think the Giants are the team to beat in the East. Tampa Bay and Miami. That is the game that's going to be postponed. 
That's going to go to week 11. Both teams have a bye week that week, of course, with Irma on the horizon. The NFL has already taken measures to postpone that game in week one. And as we always have in the first week, we have two Monday night matchups, the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. Again, talking about going against your old team, Adrian Peterson, coming back home to Minnesota. I like Minnesota here. High-scoring game. New Orleans is always there to put points on the board. I think Willie Sneed being out for three games is going to hurt New Orleans uh, a lot more than what people think. Michael Thomas last year, I think, snuck up on some people. He's a very good receiver, don't get me wrong. But he needs other people around him. I don't think he's at the status where he is the stud, where he's a guy who's just going to one single-handedly take a game over. He needs some other threats around him. Without Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed gone for three games, I think it's a little bit tough sledding for Michael Thomas out of the gate. I think he settles in and has a good year. But uh, it's going to be tough sledding early on. Minnesota takes this game. Chargers at the Broncos. Broncos just have the defense. I don't care who's quarterbacking the team, whether you put Brock Osweiler back in there, whether it's Trevor Simeon. Eventually, Paxton Lynch gets his shoulder kind of corrected, and he quarterbacks the team. But that defense, anything's possible. Vaughn Miller right now starts your campaign. I believe he will be your NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Denver wins this in kind of a, a slugfest. They keep this kind of low scoring. They harass Phillip Rivers all night. This has got like a 24-14 feel to it. 24-13. We'll give this one to Denver. That's what we got. We'll break down uh, next week how week one went for everyone, and we'll have a little more of an idea of where it's going to go. But we're going to go to college football now. What we've seen thus far. First off, you know, it's just familiar territory. Alabama opens the season at number three in our Fierce 40. What do they do? They train Florida State, who opened the year number two in our poll, 24 to 7. Alabama has ascended to number one once again. Not only does Florida State lose this game, they lose their quarterback, DeAndre Francois, for the entire season. Now, he got hit a lot last year. There were only two quarterbacks at the FBS level that took more hits than Francois. He played the whole year last year, but it was a concern. Been a lot of shuffling along that seminal line, and it looks like it's already claimed a victim. Francois is going to be out for the year. I think Florida State still contends. I don't think in the ACC, I don't think they're no longer the favorites. I think this kind of swings the pendulum back toward the defending national champion, Clemson Tigers. But Florida State's still a player. Ohio State, number two right now, they've got a big game this week. And when I say big game, I mean uh, number seven, Oklahoma. If you remember, Ohio State handled Oklahoma last year in their house. Now it's back at Columbus, where Ohio State, a little underwhelming last week against Indiana. Oklahoma, they just ran all over UTEP. Lincoln Riley, 33-year-old head coach making his debut, youngest coach at the FBS level. Things look good after week one. We all talk about Baker Mayfield. There's always a different target. It was Sterling Shepard two years ago. It was D.D. Westbrook last year. Mark Andrews. Call it now, and you'll see in our mock. Believe he will battle true Troy Frumagalli from uh, Wisconsin to be the first tight end off the board this year. 
potential first-round pick. Andrews had a big week one, making it kind of uh, classy or or something that's in vogue using the tight end, at least after one week. Clemson at number three, USC at number four, sputtered early against Western Michigan. They get it done. Penn State, they haven't allowed a point yet. They uh, totally destroy Akron 52 to nothing. They're currently at number five, Saquon Barkley. Big, big week, along with Trace Masorley. A couple of Heisman Trophy possibilities there. Rest six through ten, Washington, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Oklahoma State. Michigan beat those Florida Gators, a Gator team that had ten players suspended. Oklahoma State, this could be the best offense in the league, in the league, uh, FBS level. They, got, they at least got the best wide receiver uh, and quarterback combo, wide receiver being uh, James Washington, quarterback being the best senior quarterback that's back in the land, Mason Rudolph. Think about this. Only two teams last year had a 3,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard receiver, 1,000-yard running back. One was your national champions, Clemson. Deshaun Watson, Wayne Gallman, Mike Williams. The other, Oklahoma State. Here's a big difference. Clemson, those three players are all gone. Oklahoma State, they're all back. Every single player. Boy, it's a good offense. 11 through 20, Louisville, Florida State. They fall from 2 to 12. Auburn, Stanford, Georgia. Miami, LSU, South Florida, TCU, Colorado. No real big surprises there. 21 to 25, Tennessee, Arkansas. Arkansas is going to be playing TCU this week. Big game. Maryland, Oregon, and Virginia Tech. That's right, I said Maryland. They come in at 23, highest debuting team after they defeat the Texas Longhorns, 51-41. Texas has done it again. Tom Herman, your post-game comments were a little bit asinine. That's your team. I don't want to hear about you turning things around. That performance by the Longhorns, I've seen better tackling at seven-year-old peewee football games, and those are probably flag football. That's what it looked like. Texas cannot tackle to save their lives. A couple individual good players, but, boy, that was the sloppiest tackling display I've seen in a long time. Absolutely pathetic. Texas needs to be ashamed of themselves. They need to show up. 26 through 30, Washington State, Boise State, Kansas State. Boy, all the states here. West Virginia loses to Virginia Tech. And Notre Dame, they come in at 30 after their 49-16 ripping of Temple. 31 to 35, Florida falls to 31. UCLA, what a comeback. Texas A&M, they just fell asleep. Drop them out of the Fierce 40 from 28 all the way out. You can't allow UCLA to come back the way they did. Georgia Tech, boy, they drop a heartbreaker. They're 33. How do you get 536 yards rushing and lose a football game? Ask Georgia Tech. They're the first ones to do it. Memphis and Iowa are your 34 and 35 teams. Coming off wins against Louisiana Monroe and Wyoming. 
shutting down Josh Allen. 36-40, to 40, Western Kentucky. South Carolina, they break in after defeating NC State. Northwestern, BYU, who's now 1-1 one and one after being shut out by LSU. Utah, they get in there. Beat a tough North Dakota team, and uh, those that 39-40 and 40, I just talked about, BYU and Utah, they play each other this week. Kind of like uh, we saw in week one with uh, Wyoming and Iowa. Bad news for BYU, the 40, number 40 team won uh, the matchup first time around. I think it's going to happen this week again uh, as well. BYU still a little stagnant on the offensive side of the football. Utah's very efficient. I think they do enough to get that done. Real quickly, players have kind of jumped out on us in week one. Lamar Jackson, he's still getting it done. Close to 500 yards in total offense. High threes, a little over 100 rushing the football. Louisville in a tough game that they do win. A tougher than we thought. But he's got to be up there. The performance we saw Josh Rosen put up, close to 500 yards. It seemed about all of them came in about the last six minutes of the game against Texas A&M. Of course, Rosen, the quarterback out of UCLA. Saquon Barkley, fantastic debut for the Nittany Lions. Baker Mayfield, all he did was go 19-20. That's only completing 95% of your passes. There's some very good performances. Those are kind of your Heisman front runners, And we'll talk more next week after we get another week under our belts. We'll get a little more serious about uh, our, our Heisman tracking there and, and where we kind of have our top 10 players. But, again, we do have that uh, out there. It is available week in and week out. You can see that updated at draftsite.com where we track your our top 10 Heisman picks. So before we leave you tonight, oh, we already talked about it. There's a mock draft. It's not a one-round mock draft. It's not a two-round mock draft. It's not even a three-round mock draft. Show me another site that has more than three rounds on a mock draft right now. You can go to draft site because it's not a four, five, six, or seven-round mock draft. Well, it is a full seven-round mock draft with an extra compensatory round already added. As you know, there's always 32 compensatory picks that will be scattered throughout, usually in rounds three through seven. We have an extra round with compensatory picks already figured in here. 256 selections. From number one, Sam Darnold, quarterback USC, who will be a redshirt sophomore, so he would be eligible to be drafted if he decides to come out. All the way down to 256. We have 256 picks. So Sam Darnold would represent one. All the way down to 256, which uh, we have a Boston College offensive tackle, Marcel Lazard, currently standing in as our Mr. Irrelevant at 256. 6'7", 310-pound offensive tackle. Just ahead of uh, Lyndon Stevens, corner from Cincinnati. Draper Riley, defensive tackle out of Southern Miss. No one else is talking about these people. Or Isaiah Wynn, the offensive guard from Georgia. Or Nick DeLuca, inside linebacker, North Dakota State. 
probably would have been picked last year, tore his knee up, he's back. But we got it. So we're, we're going to take a quick look just at round one. And right now, we're using kind of the similar order that was last year. So it's not as much, there's a little bit factored into what teams we currently have there as far as their, their wants, what they're going to need. It really has to do a little more with where we are grading these overall potential picks. So this is our first round right now. Sam Darnold, as we talked about, 6'4", 225 quarterback out of USC. Here's San Francisco, two taking Trey Adams, offensive tackle from Washington. He's a junior. As a matter of fact, the first senior does not come off the board until pick 11. So the whole top 10 is underclassmen. Trey Adams right now, if anyone is the number one pick overall, and it's not a quarterback, you know, Darno or Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. And if it's another player, I think Trey Adams is the one. We've been seeing more offensive tackles go near the top of the draft, and uh, this junior just has it all, 6'7", 315. And Trey Adams will establish himself as the top lineman at the FBS level this season. Sam Hubbard at number three. Defensive end out of Ohio State. Didn't really have the numbers last year. He's just a guy that jumps out at you at tape, and you're thinking, wow, he's, he's a potential star in the making. And the Ohio State University, of course, is just so deep. You can just see the play there that you're really not going to have the numbers because sometimes he could make hit these plays, but there's other teams, other players on that team doing the same thing he is. Right now, Ohio State is the college that will have the most players drafted uh, in the 2018 draft if it follows our projections. Christian Wilkins, number four overall, defensive tackle out of Clemson. We have Josh Allen, quarterback out of Wyoming, going five overall. Of course, Jacksonville will be there. We know Jacksonville's probably going to be looking for a quarterback. Orlando Brown at six overall, another offensive tackle from Oklahoma. That name sounds familiar. It's because, yes, Orlando Brown was his father. Unfortunately, the now deceased offensive tackle who was the beast for a number of years for the Browns and Ravens. The other Josh Rosen, the quarterback from UCLA, with the, he of the great comeback. We have him going to the Chargers right now, number seven. Maybe that heir apparent to Philip Rivers coming down the road. Hey, in L.A., got Jared Goff. Chargers going to need that face of the of the franchise at some point as well. Carolina with Arden Key, defensive end out of LSU. Tavares McFadden, corner out of Florida State, first corner off the board. Number nine, the Cincinnati. Christian Kirk, wide receiver from Texas A&M. He'll probably battle Calvin Ridley for the right to be the first wide receiver off the board. Mike McGlinchey off tackle Notre Dame, going 11, the New Orleans Saints. The Little Eagles at 12 with Saquon Barkley, the running back from Penn State, that we talked about uh, in our Heisman recap. Speaking of Heisman, the defending winner from last year, Lamar Jackson. We have him at 13 overall going to Arizona. Connor Williams from uh, University of Texas as he's an offensive tackle. We'll give him a pass for that poor, poor tackling display we've already outlined. Derwin James from Florida State, safety at 15. To the Ravens at 16 with Bradley Chubb, defensive end out of NC State. NC State, one of the best defensive lines in the country. But they did get upset in week one against South Carolina, so that offense has to be a little more present. And the secondary 
You know, when they're not getting pressure on the quarterback, the secondary is getting picked apart. Another Texas player at 17, Malik Jefferson. We have him going to the Redskins, outside linebacker. We talked about Calvin Ridley, the other wide receiver. Another weapon for Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans at 18. 19 of the Vita Vey, the defensive tackle out of Washington, with Minka Fitzpatrick, corner from Alabama, going to Denver at 20. 21 through 32, those were last year's playoff teams. James Washington, wide receiver from Oklahoma State, going at 21 to Detroit. Mitch Hyatt, offensive tackle from Clemson, number 22. Tyquan Lewis, defensive end from the Ohio State University, number 23. To the Giants, more University of Alabama players. De'Ron Payne, defensive tackle, going to Oakland, 25. Cleveland has another first-round pick. They have him with Dorrance Armstrong, Jr., defensive end from Kansas, not Kansas State. Kansas. Jayhawks can do a little more than play basketball there. They have a good football prospect every now and again. Martinez Ronkin, offensive tackle from Mississippi State, going 26 to Seattle. Another team that owns multiple first-round picks, the Buffalo Bills at 27, Jair Alexander, corner from Louisville. Harold Landry, last year's sack leader, going to the Cowboys at 28, defensive end from Boston College. Cameron Smith, linebacker from USC, 29 to those Packers. Lowell Latoule, defensive tackle from Utah, going to Pittsburgh at 30. That is Starr's brother, little brother, Star Latoule from Carolina. 31, Billy Price, offensive guard from the Ohio State University, going to Atlanta. And your world champion, New England Patriots, rounding up first round with Deshaun Hand. The other defensive tackle from the University of Alabama at 32. Of course, I'm not going to sit here and go over our other eight, seven rounds total, eight rounds. Again, seven in the compensatory round that we currently have on the site. But do yourself a favor, www.draftsite.com, right there, front page. First thing you'll see, big, bold, shiny letter in print, all-new, seven-round, 2018 NFL Mock Draft, plus an extra 32 compensatory picks by D.J. Boyer. What a guy. I don't like it. Well, it kind of brings our first week to an end here. Again, we're going to have a show next week. We're going to recap a little more with what happened with the NFL. You know, we got a little more footing. We get that more than one game to kind of wet our palate since uh, all we've had thus far is that Chiefs and Patriots Thursday night kickoff of a week under our belts. We can start talking a little more about the Heisman as we'll have two complete weeks of the NCAA behind us. Before we do, I do want to mention it was bad enough seeing everything that's happened with Hurricane Harvey. Irma, of course, coming through. There's already been a total of five college games at the FBS level that have been canceled due to the impending storm that's coming. It looks like it's going to hit Florida head on and ravage most of the East Coast. Everyone at DraftSite.com wants to wish everyone in those areas to be safe and, of course, the Continued efforts uh, in Houston. And sometimes, uh, you know, obviously this is a football podcast. We're talking about everything that's happening with football. But uh, sometimes there's bigger things than football going on. 
we're, we're, we're seeing an impact of some of the games, but of course we're worried about the safety. And again, everyone at DraftSide.com, if you're in those areas, please be safe. Please evacuate or ensure you are somewhere safe. Stay with some loved ones. Um, we'll get back to you next week. Hopefully we'll have uh, Zach or someone else uh, joining us on our next podcast, so you'll have a little more variety than just listening to me. Until then, everybody, catch you soon.